At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of our podcast. I'm Lucas, I got Uriah here again tonight. Still no Chris, but um, you know we're hoping that we get to get him back pretty soon. But in the meantime, we definitely have some fun subjects to talk to you about tonight. And by the way, we have some semi-breaking news on the podcast because Uriah, I forgot to tell you this before we came on, but several former Sixers just got traded. Several former Sixers just got traded. Yes, they did. Was this tweeted the, out within the past 10 minutes? In the past 30 minutes. Oh, help, well, help me out. Bring me up to so, date. So apparently the Houston Rockets have traded Christian Wood, what? the Dallas Mavericks, for Ooh. Marjanovic, Trey Burke, and Marquise Chris, plus the 20, and I think the I think they also acquired the 26th pick from the Mavericks as well. Wait, you said Boban is in that? that deal? Yeah, Boban wow. and Trey Burke. Yep, two former Sixers plus they were quite – so Christian Wood, process Sixer. Really mm-hmm. wish we would have kept on to him, but that's not the point. Mm-hmm. Um, now, and he was like a – last season, I think he was like a 20-8 and eight guy, 20-10 and 10 guy for the Rockets. Mm-hmm. He's – now going to team up with Luka Doncic hmm. in Dallas. That's a good pairing, especially if you can get a little bit better defensively. Oh, clearly Dallas made out in that deal. They yeah, no, no. That deal. They, well, okay, here's the thing. Like, Houston wanted to clear up playing time for both Alperin, Shengun, and whoever the third pick is going to be because the third pick is going to be a big guy. Probably Pablo Boncaro, if I had to guess. So this was all just clearing out playing time for their young players. Man. And they traded a movie star, man. They got rid of Boban. He's all he's all over TV, man. State Farm yeah. commercials. He's in uh is this State Farm? Where he's like grabbing mustard on top yeah, of the show. Uh well it wasn't I don't think that was State Farm, but I know he did do a State Farm where he had to like he was constantly cleaning off the coffee table because people weren't using coasters. I have a feeling he'll be back in Philly, reunited with Toby. Toby, you know Bobby. that is a possibility. <laughs> why not? Why not? They were in. They were in hustle together. And you know the thing is, like, you could have him as your fourth, you know, fourth uh, string center behind Paul Reed and Charles Bassey. If you believe those guys are ready, I wouldn't mind Boban in in the regular season as a backup. But playoffs, we know we're well. Like I said, that's my fourth string. You yeah. know. He could make it a, you know, the occasional appearance if like Joel's out. But like, yeah, I don't think there's a problem with that. And I mean, Trey Burke has still got a player option, and he probably he might get waived. I wouldn't mind him. He's a spark yeah. plug bench. Trey, really yeah, I like Trey. Really I remember when Allen Iverson wore his jersey in the opening game of the season. Allen Iverson was his favorite, and I really just don't think Brett Brown used him right. I, and I, I agree. I think. He's the type of player that could play along James Harden, especially at this point. And mm-hmm. like Harden could make him look really good. Yeah. But you know, anyway, that's that's the breaking news there. I didn't mean to get us so off topic. Nah, that, that's good news. That's interesting news. It's related to the Sixers, so it makes sense. But what what about this Keith Pompey report that you're gonna take us into? Oh yeah. So yeah, for those that follow Keith Pompey, which should be most Sixers fans, if you don't, you definitely should. Keith Pompey of the Inquirer recently came out with an article, and I'm going to read you a section of it here. The Sixers are, and and I quote, here I go. The Sixers are trying to put 
things in place ahead of the 2000, uh, June 23rd NBA draft and free agency. Multiple league sources have said the team is gauging team's interest in Tobias Harris, Matisse Thibel, Porkon Korkmaz, and Shake Mild, in addition to a potential trade partners for Danny Green and the 23rd pick. The Sixers are trying to gauge the market to see what they have, what they can get for the players and the draft pick. One source said, "This approach is part of their effort to compete, uh, compile information, and see what deals could work when it's time to make a trade." The Sixers realize that the current roster is not suited to win a champ NBA championship. They're determined to upgrade it with established players who can help propel the team. So a lot to unpack there. Mm-hmm. It, it, it falls in line with, you know, what Daryl Morey and Doc Rivers always want to do, try to upgrade the roster with veteran talent. Makes sense. So, Uriah, I'm going to ask you this question. Which would you prefer, the Sixers trading Harris, Thibel, and Cork for a third store, or – Danny Green in the third pick for a complimentary three and D wing. The tw- you said twenty third pick. Yeah, twenty third yeah. pick. Well, it's it's tempting to try and get that third star, especially if that star could be Bradley Beal. But you know, I I can't go back on my word if if I feel as though Thibel deserves a second chance, and Harris, who I I believe really could be that that really good solid fourth option. I mean, I think he proved that at the end of the season last year and in the playoffs, I thought he was consistent, but I'm going to go with Danny green in the 23rd pick for a complimentary three and D wing player, any player that you could add to this roster that could bolster the wing in terms of defense and another option for three point shooting that that's only going to help the offense that doc rivers has shown the Sixers to, to put out on the floor, whether it's in B posting up or Harden, some type of pick and roll action. So I, I definitely think that Green, you know, he makes $10 million if he comes off the books before a certain time, I think like July 1st or something like that, then the Sixers are off the hook. But if they, if he has value and he does, he's a veteran three point shooter. Yeah, he got hurt. Uh, and the 23rd pick, you know, maybe a team will roll the dice and, and maybe they'll think they can get their next Tyrese Maxey. Uh, in, in the late first round, but I'm going to go with the the Danny Green and 23rd pick trade. Look, I, I generally agree with you, Raya, but for argument's sake, I am going to play devil's advocate here. Mm-hmm. And there's there's a couple things here that I want to point out. One, I believe it was Derek Bodner that recently pointed this out as of today that if the Sixers do trade Danny Green, they can't the another team can't waive them before that July 1st deadline and have it only count as a one point whatever million uh, cap against their salary cap. That, it doesn't work like that anymore. They're gonna, mm-hmm. It's going to cost them more. Mm-hmm. So if there is a price to pay for taking on Danny Green and basically his dead contract because he's not coming back next year. That's just the age that he's at and the injuries that he had. It's, it's just unlikely to say the least. So there's that negative. But, okay, let's look at the NBA landscape right now. Mm-hmm. You said Bradley Beal, that's an option. Who says Damian Lillard's off the table, too? He's certainly an option. No, Lillard is – He's you know he's staying in Portland. Are you sure? I, I Look at Portland. What do they have? Anthony Simons, which is basically C.J. McCollum 2.0? He's, from a, he's cut from a different cloth. Lucas. I'm just I saying – Loyalty is everything to him, in, I my, think, in my opinion. I, I You might not be wrong, but still. Um, there's just – I mean, Christian Wood just got traded. It, it doesn't seem like anybody's off the table at this point. Jeremy Grant's still out there. I'm not saying Jeremy Grant's much better than Tobias Harris, but he is an upgrade talent-wise, I would say. And he fits more of that third, that fourth-star role. There are other players that are star talent availability out there. You know, I'm Zach, sure. Zach Levine's off the table. You he, know that, right? Yeah, it sounds like he's going to go back. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, never say never. Yeah. It just it's there's there's a chance out there, Uriah, and uh, one team one guy just needs to get disgruntled enough. Mm. And I mean, who knows? Aiden, it looks like DeAndre Aiden's on the move, and obviously he's not a guy for us. But maybe he dislodges somebody else where they're currently at. Mm. We don't know. 
I mean, John Collins, it sounds like he's available. I think he would be an upgrade over Tobias. Like, who knows? Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm just saying, like, I, you could you could make the argument that going for a third star, I personally wouldn't because I think the core four works, and I agree with you. Just need to have more better depth around them. But like, you could make the argument that you know three stars can win you a title. It just doesn't happen. You know, it hasn't happened since probably LeBron James in, in Cleveland. But how great would it be, Lucas, if we could trade mm-hmm. Danny Green, the twenty third pick, and Cork Maz for Harrison Barnes? I think the the money adds up. I saw it's close. It. It's, it's close. You're yeah. you're short about three mil, but it, it you know you might That'll have to great. add one more. But mm-hmm. yeah, you could you could do it. Um, is Danny Green and Harrison Barnes the perfect match def- you know are they gr- going to be able to really survive defensively together I'm not sure Harrison Barnes is a little, little long in tooth so maybe he's not like equipped to handle like shooting guards like he used to but like it, it wouldn't be a bad fit for sure I, I think that's certainly an idea that you could I, I'm sure the Sixers are floating around mm-hmm. but if anything from our interview with Zach uh, from Former site expert of uh, a Royal Pain told us that uh, they want cor- they want Tobias if they're giving up Harrison Barnes. Hey, real um, quick, uh, Tobias Harris has been very vocal on Twitter. Someone tweeted out about him being in these trade rumors, and mm-hmm. Tobias he he got in the mix. Like, oh, did he now? What did he say? He it was I don't I don't remember the thread, but someone tagged him in this and. Tobias simply said yes, which is was confusing to me. But he's paying attention and he sees his name thrown around. And look, the guy's making so much money. Like at the end of the day, why should he care? But I think these players care. I think he's the type of player that 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 does care about his name being out there. Mm-hmm. For sure. So you're right. My other question that I want to ask you before we move on is the like likelihood in terms of percentage would we give the following players slash assets to be traded this offseason? You know, guys like Milton, Cork Moss, Green, Thibel, Harris, the 23rd pick. What's the likelihood that any, if, if, or any of them gets traded? All right. We'll, we'll, we'll alternate. We'll start with Shake Milton, right? Yeah. I, I would say Shake Milton, the likelihood of him being traded is 20%. No, no, no. I'd say 30% just because. He's really on a, a team-friendly deal, one point eight million, and he's probably one of their best role players. Uh, I think Doc likes him and wouldn't mind bringing him back. I think he showed once again in the playoffs that he has some type of uh, he he has the, the 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 talent and he has the drive to contribute. Is just the consistency. So I give mm-hmm. him thirty percent when he gives him. I'm gonna give ten percent that he gets traded. I just don't. Ooh. I don't think it's very likely. I think. I think there's a good chance that Milton's back. Like you said, he's on a team-friendly contract, and for a little under two million, you're not gonna get a player that plays better than Shake Milton. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. you, like for all the reasons that you said. So yeah. you're right, Cork Maz. What's the likelihood he gets traded? Eighty percent. Eighty percent. Yeah, he he could not hit the side of a barn. He couldn't. He couldn't hit the Delaware River standing on top of the Ben Franklin Bridge. He was that bad of a shooter in the regular season and in the postseason. I think a new team, a new venue, a different environment for him, a system that could he could gain some type of confidence will do him better. I think he's gone. Yeah, I think he's gone too. I'm gonna be I'm gonna say more of seventy percent because I don't think you can just trade him straight up for somebody. He's gonna be salary filler in another trade. But I'll I'll say seventy percent. I'll be a little bit nicer. Okay. okay, so Danny Green. Danny Green is I say seventy percent, seventy percent, and isn't that the? I look. I like Danny Green. I think he is is a great shooter in the system that we're in. He's streaky as we all know him to be, and just the worst luck, man. Two consecutive playoff series, he gets injured. It's like man, and then that second one when Embiid fell on his leg, that. That had to hurt. That's a career ender right there. I'm just, yeah. yeah. I just I don't, I don't know if he's ever gonna hit the floor again. Like yeah. even if he can come back, like what team is gonna take a flyer on a thirty he he'll be thirty six at that point. Like 
who's going to take a flyer on a guy coming back from an ACL, LCL tear at 36 years old. Hey, side note, how how much does it stink that Danny Green has won everywhere he's been, right? L.A., San Antonio, and Toronto. He comes to Philly, and we get bounced twice. Well, to be fair, he also never won in Cleveland, which is where he started out his career. But Wait, I Danny Green it. started in Cleveland. Check NBA reference. He That's was there. A as good a... grab. I completely forget. Yeah. That. No, yeah. I remember him playing in Cleveland before because Cleveland waved him, and then Dallas picked him up on the uh, Austin Spurs, and then they brought him on to yeah. Hmm. True facts. Yeah, he was originally a G League player for the Austin Spurs after. Cleveland. I think he was a second round pick or undrafted. I honestly, you have, you have to be a, a a super duper Cavs fan to still have a Danny Green jersey <laughs> from like two thousand seven. I don't know. Two thousand eight, two thousand nine. I think yeah. that was the season. I'm not. I'm not sure on that. Yeah. But he only played a handful of games before they waived him. I think. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. So yeah, I'm gonna. You're gonna say eighty percent on that one. Mm-hmm. I I think. If they don't, he's not going to be on the team next year, whether it's a trade or whether it's they they don't guarantee his contract. Mm-hmm. Does that mean they waive him? Is it that that's what that means? That's what's him? going to have to happen. Yeah, they would yeah. have to wait him before that that uh, deadline for, to for his contract to be guaranteed. Because remember, it's not a play, it's not a team option; it's a guarantee. Mm-hmm. So they would have to waive him before that gets guaranteed. But like I said, I think he's going to get traded. I'll say eighty. Because I like I said, it's going to be hard to trade a guy who they can't waive without having some salary cap ramifications. So we'll see on that. Okay, I, I know you're probably going to give me a low percentage on this one, but Matisse Thybul. Uh, I'll say forty percent. I'll say 40%. really. Okay, yeah. I'm expecting lower on him for that. No, I'm look. I'm not oblivious. If Daryl Moore, Daryl Morey can get a player in here that pleases Joel Embiid, a la. Bradley Beal, and we have to give up Bible for him. He'll pull that trigger. So I'm not, I'm not gullible, but uh, yeah, I think it's forty percent, forty percent. I'm gonna be a little bit nicer. I know, actually, I'm not. It's gonna be. I'm gonna say it's a fifty-fifty. It's a toss of the coin. I, it, it could happen yeah. for sure. Um, Tobias Harris. Wow, this is. I like Harris. I, I like, man. I like everything about Harris. How can you not the guy? He's a movie star now. Do you like his contract? He look, he's coming off the books in two years. So and at that point, <laughs> Maxie can he he can get his his money bag. So and he'll not, he'll be cheaper too. He'll yeah, be cheaper. he'll he'll definitely be cheaper. I, look, he's a good locker room guy. He reads books, <laughs> like Mike Scott used to say back in the day. I I think Harris, I think he's fifty fifty. I think it's a fifty fifty deal that he'll be traded. What do you think? I'm going to say I'll give it 10%. I I don't see it happening because I don't think Beal's going to push his way out of Washington this offseason because he wants to get that super max. And Levine, like you said, is off the market. Well, Beal the other day said he wants to go where he can win. And Washington he, ain't winning anything anytime. But are you really going to leave like 30 Five million dollars on the table, or so, like thirty-five to forty million dollars on the table. I just don't see him doing that. Look how many millions that Drummond left on the table. That guy made enough money that he's like, yeah, I'll just take the league minimum and play for the Sixers. Same. Thing well, with- no, he didn't really have a choice on that one. He his his okay. Yeah, his, his reputation was ruined after the Laker and Cavs fiasco. Like he needed to rehabilitate himself, and he mm-hmm. did a great job of doing that. And now he'll probably be a starting center for either. I don't think. Okay, side note. I'm going to go on a tangent here. You got me on. I blame. So we're going to, I'm going to talk about Drummond here for a second. Look, I don't think he's coming back to Brooklyn. He kind of hinted at that during the regular season because he told the front office, they were like, hey, don't trade Nick Claxton because I'm probably not going to beat him. (laughs) Like he's going to get paid. Whether it's a team like the Hornets, which I think would be a good situation for him. He could be the starter there, especially now that Montrez Harold is has a felony charge against him. I don't know if you heard about that. Yeah, um, but, but I mean, that's I, another conversation. 
But my point is, is that there are open center spots here in the NBA. You could certainly see him and the Hornets. The Nets are still available. I wouldn't be surprised if the Knicks make a run at him. Maybe I'm trying to think of other like starting jobs. See, now this is a tough one. I'm not sure. Maybe there aren't that many starting jobs like on like good <laughs> teams. Because like you know, you could I could say the Pistons, but like I don't think they want him back. Mm. <laughs> Maybe. I'd be interested to see if he can play with Cat Will uh, Carl. I was about to say Cat Williams. Cat Williams. I was about to say Cat Williams. I was watching that Netflix special the other day. I, I, remember, I fell asleep I, on it. Man, I didn't see that, but I remember one of his old stand-ups that came out when I was in middle school about like when he remember when he did the stand-up when he was like, I don't understand why some people, and I'll just say some people, uh, put their kids on leashes. Is this when he was wearing a green jacket? I think so. It was yeah. back when I was in middle school, Uriah. So this yeah. was like early to mid two thousands. Yeah. Anyway, I, actually, the last this I don't know, sidetrack. The last special was not that bad. I think I was just tired. Oh, I'm sure it's it's yeah. uh, you know teaching life. I get it, man. Yeah. Um, going back, okay. So getting back to Harris now, I just I don't I I like I know I argued for trading him, but I just the likelihood of it is going to be hard. Okay. Um, last one, real quick, Uriah, 23rd pick. 100% chance it will. Really? I feel wow. like I feel like the Sixers are trying to find someone who they can insert into the lineup, whether a starter or a bench player, that can contribute right away. And that 23rd pick could be could be just the thing to get a player like they need away from another. See. I I'm I feel confident in some rotational guys that are available in this draft now. Uh, I I I like EJ Lindell. I like um, there's a couple other guys, and I can't mm-hmm. remember their names, but because I'm not the draft guy, that's Chris. But I I'm gonna say it's a fifty fifty. But don't you think the Sixers have enough young prospects that can play next year? Isaiah Joe, Tyrese Maxey's borderline star, Paul Reed. Uh, Paul Bat, Paul Bassey, Charles Bassey. We already have young players. They well, can no, no, no. Remember, we had this discussion about the combination of Paul Reed and Charles Bassey. It is Paul Bassey. We've talked about that. <laughs> yeah, okay, so don't disrespect. Don't don't disrespect that. So, but no, and um, I mean, yeah, you could, oh, yeah, you you could make that argument. And it's a fair argument, but look, cheap talent is cheap talent, and you have long term control over that cheap talent. And we've hit really well recently in our draft picks. And most of them within the first two years of their contracts have become playable, right? So why not see if you can make another good swing at it? Hey, the 23rd pick and Jalen Springer for Terrence Ross. Make it happen. Uh, I don't know if the money matches up, but. No, it certainly would not. Um would have to do Danny in that too. All right, get it um, done. I mean, I, why isn't Jaden Springer on that list of players? That's what I want to know because I'm I'm all open for trading. Like, um, yeah, right. Yeah. If you're gonna draft somebody, get somebody that's ready to play now. Jaden Springer. You know what this feels like? It feels like Zaire Smith all over oh, again. But wait, you, you know, you know, Chris is not here right now. You know where he is though, right? I know where he he's, is, but like, he's no, no. He he's on Springer Island. He is on Springer. I don't know Island. if you remember the podcast. I do. I, I, I do remember. <laughs> He's that. like, I'm on. I'm buying all the real estate on Springer Island. I was like, Well, Look, how do you get there? Spring, Springer is a nice. He has the potential to be two way, but the shot's not there yet. And I just He's don't. Wrong. He is. He's wrong. wrong. Like, yeah. He's like, okay, Zaire Smith. I brought him. He's going to be in the TBT this summer, Uriah. I That's saw. where he is. Good for Which him. I'm, good for him. Yeah, no, I, I, you know, he apparently he had an ankle injury that no, he didn't tell anybody about when he was on the Sixers. Go figure. Mm. But like, uh, like Zaire Smith should have gotten a, another shot in the NBA. Like I think, or at least the G League, because he didn't even play in the G League last year. Yeah. But I guess he was getting himself healthy. But like, here's the thing. That trade by Brett Brown, because Brett Brown was in charge of that front office, has set the Sixers back majorly. Mm-hmm. If we just put Kevin McHale Bridges, look, 
We probably would have beat Miami this year. Probably, yeah, no, like last couple, like they could have saved us from a couple. Mikhail Bridges would have saved Bridges, us from a Bridges and Thibel and Embiid. That would do be we a... draft Thibel if we get have Bridges though? Why not? Well, know. it depends on the need, right? At the time, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, that's yeah. the thing. But like, I mean, it, do, we might not keep Bridges if we kept him then. But like, who knows? But like. The idea of having Bridges, one of the best three and D, I think he was a top five candidate for defensive player of the year. Like the guy's special. I just it, it really set the Sixers back. And like I love Brett Brown. I think he was a good head coach, but like as a GM, he sucked. Yeah. Because not only did he do that, he traded Rashawn Holmes for cash because he loved Lamar <sighs> Mir Johnson. All right, the next topic, Lucas, has to do with the players on the Sixers who are pretty much known for something in their game that involves their limitations. And the critics, they're all out there. I guess we're critics too, right? Uh, We put these players in a box. So this segment has to do with how would we describe the box that the following Sixers are put in because of maybe their past struggles or some of the things that limit their their ability to i guess become more efficient or effective players so let's start with the young players or the bench in particular how would you describe the box that paul reed is in the box that paul reed is in is like he's a high motor player which in itself doesn't sound bad but really what you're saying is, is this guy's not the most talented and he doesn't have the highest basketball IQ, but he tries the hardest out of everybody on the court. And I think the knock is, is that I, when I think of that, I'm like, you're basically saying Paul Reed doesn't have a high basketball IQ. And, okay. and I think that, you know, Doc has been saying like he's struggled at times with like learning different things. And I think that's kind of the box that he was uh, you know, he's been put into is that he makes mental mistakes. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, a, that's how I would describe it. Do you think that's fair? Yeah. Yeah. I, the box that I would use to describe him is it's not necessarily low IQ, although I've heard that from other people that are Sixers fans, but I, I'm going to go with the, the, the lacking a compass box where he's trying to find his way, but he can't get out of his own way. Like he's on mm. he's on a trail and he's like constantly tripping over over like I don't know a bag strap or maybe he didn't tie his shoes or his boots or something on a hike. But I think he has the talent. Like you said, he has a high motor. He just can't get out of his own way. And with with time, mm. <clears throat> Doc Rivers, please give him more minutes. I, I think he'll he'll get out of that box this year. How about mm. Isaiah Joe? How would you describe the box that he's put in right now? He's just a shooter. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we drafted him because he was a high-volume three-point shooter. But the guy can do more. It's just the the issue with him right now is his lack of strength. So he's not a great defender, and, like, he can't really attack the basket because, well, I mean, his dribble's not great. But more importantly, he's not strong enough to take the contact. Mm -hmm. So, like, the the box is he's just a shooter because he's not strong enough to do more. Yeah. To be honest – that's the same box I would put him in, so I can't really elaborate more. So let's go mm-hmm. into the next player, Shake Milton. What what boxes he put in by his critics? Inconsistent. I think inconsistent is, and like part of it is deserved because like the three point shot has been inconsistent, but like the reason why I think he's inconsistent is the lack of burst. You know, me and Chris have talked about this before. He's not the he's not a quick twitch athlete, which means he just doesn't have that second gear, that for that quick first step that can beat defenders off the dribble, which has kind of limited him in some capacity. And that's why he shouldn't be a starter in the NBA. But like the guy can score. I mean, mean you've seen it. Mm. Most fans have seen it. Now, if you acknowledge, if you think it's just you know. And I think part of it this past season was injury, and the other part of it was just like the fact that he had to learn how to play off ball more with James Harden, and like he kind of got pigeonholed into a three three point shooter. But like the guy can score, 
Yeah. When he gets when he gets touches, I mean, he scored what like twenty five against Miami near the end of the regular season. Mm-hmm. So like I, I yeah, but I would say his, his, yeah, inconsistent would be the box. The box I put him in that I believe he's in is is a box of confusion where mm-hmm. Doc, when he first got here, tried to unleash him and have him produce the way he did against that one game in in L.A. when he put up like thirty nine points. So, yes. He averaged 30 13 that season. He well, averaged 30 that season. Well, as much as you say is inconsistent, and a lot of people say that, but you always give the caveat that he's hurt, which is true. He needs to have more of a green light. I've said this before in the past. And mm-hmm. once he gets that green light, he feels confident and comfortable playing in a system that is involves James Harden in a, in a new player like Tyrese Maxey with what he brings he will be just fine so let's go with George's Niang what what box is he in I think I know what you're gonna say I mean he's just not athletic (laughs) he's not athletic like like I love the minivan like all props to him but he's he's named the minivan for a reason (laughs) his game's not sexy at all but it's effective if I see another meme with whenever he does something good in a game and the, there's like a meme of a minivan going off-road, <laughs> like, come on, people, can we get more original or can we make more memes with minivans? Maybe yes, someone out there can can make that content. Yeah, I, I can't deny that. I think you, you nailed that with the unathleticism. It's not his fault, but maybe it is. Maybe he could slim down. I, I don't know. I mean, his body. He said, like, apparently, I, I heard somewhere, like, apparently in high school, he was like close to three hundred. Wow. Like, I, and like, I, yeah, you know, I, I can't do that. What if he time. lost twenty pounds though? How would if that? Lost, how, how would that look? Uh, twenty. Okay, look. Okay, look. He would, he would be lighter, right? But I don't think, and it might, like, you know straight line speed but like you don't get lateral you don't get quicker laterally because you lose weight mm-hmm. okay? that's that's one of the other and the thing is if he loses that weight uriah he's not going to be able to battle with the guys down low as well as he does now which honestly isn't that great to begin with so he becomes more of an interior defensive liability and that power forward that's kind of a big deal hey look all i know is he needs to go and train with uh, was that guy Sugarman from Hustle? Man, I'm saying like, yeah, that get was, him running uh, up the hill in Maniunk. Come on, man. the get get with Adam Sandler. All right, Thibel, we 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 I he can't he money can't on this. Uh, yeah, yeah, he can't shoot. Is that oh. it though? That's the box, the non-shooting box. Uh, I I mean, you could say that he has hands like feet, but like, <laughs> yeah. Wow. yeah. Shout That's out to Coach Taylor for that one. Coach my high Taylor. school coach. Yeah, Coach Coach Tractor Taylor. No, uh, he was my high school coach. Whenever we dropped the ball or we, you know, couldn't catch a pass or whatever, he he said, "You got hands like feet." <laughs> hands like feet. Yeah. But um, no, uh, yeah, I, I I I was being played by saying he can't yeah. shoot. Yeah. I'm gonna put Thibault in the box. The 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 diffidence box, which is not having confidence. I think there was a point where he was experimenting Lucas in regular season games. I remember one game Mm -hmm. where he, it wasn't a spot up shot. He dribbled and then pulled up. There was, he definitely drove the lane more, uh, finished a little bit better. Even before uh, James Harden got here, he would drive left. He even went left a couple of times. So he experimented but we saw what happened against Miami. He he just went into a shell and did not want the ball. So I think it's a confidence thing. I think his shot will come eventually, but you know, we have to wait and see. What about let's go with Tobias Harris? Is there a what box does his critics put him in? That's that's a tough one, Uri. That is a tough one. If I had to guess one, I guess you could say that he's not you know the easy box says is that he's overpaid. Yeah, that's like what it, that's what people yeah. grab. They go towards. Yeah, that. yeah. I mean, but if you're looking at like his skill set, mm-hmm. is that he's not like a true number one or number two? 
He's more of a number three. But I, I guess I'll go for low hanging fruit and said that he's just not he's overpaid. I'd put Harris in it, just based on how he played in I guess the last game against Miami. The I don't know when when he doesn't put forth the effort to rebound, it looks bad because he's six ten. No, he's he's, not... he's six, dude, dude. He's six eight. He's not six ten. He's six eight. Mm. Yes, I don't Good, know about that. Do I need to look it up right now? I promise you this guy's six. Look, 16. man, hold on. Hey, Siri, how tall is Tobias Harris? Here's what I found. Tobias Harris. It doesn't tell me. All right, what were you going to say? Okay, I'm going to look it up on basketball reference right now. I could have sworn Tob- he's 6'10". Tobias Harris is 6'8". According to basketball reference. All right. I'll give you that. But listen, he he can get more than eight rebounds a game if you really no, try. I think he, eight rebounds is where he should be at. I he's six he eight. Could. He's six eight. And plus he's playing with Joel, who grabs a lot of rebounds too. All right. All right. Look, his six, eight rebounds for power forward in today's NBA is good. For a center, no, but he's a power forward, okay? Today's NBA, you don't expect power forwards to get double-digit yeah. rebounds. You know, I'm nitpicking because Tobias yeah. is an under, underrated defender. He's mm-hmm. a good shooter when he has the right players passing him the ball. Let's move on to Tyrese Maxey. He he really came out, had a great season last year, shot 43% from three, really opened a lot of people's eyes, gained the respect from his peers, coaches, all throughout the league. Fans love him in Philly, but nobody's perfect, right? So what box would you put Maxi in? That he's not a playmaker. Mm-hmm. I think even though let's let's be real, he's made tremendous progress as a passer. Like he averaged four assists a game this season. He's he first time he really played point guard. He's been mostly shooting guard for his career, you know, in college too. So Give him kudos and give Sam Cassell some kudos, who's, you know, by the way, I know you don't like this, but he is a candidate for the Utah Jazz position. Oh, um, you just took my heart and soul I, out of this I, podcast. No, I, I had, <laughs> of I had, all teams, come on. Man, have Utah. To know. They oh. have to know. They have to know. He's, oh. anyway. But, me... but anyway, going back to it, he, yeah. he did a great job helping Tyrese develop as a playmaker. You can even see some Tyrese quotes about it I, I wrote about it recently um, when Tyrese was also praising James Harden for his you know growth in his role but like yeah I think I think being not being a like primary playmaker like just not being a dynamic playmaker is probably the biggest bust against Maxi because let's let's be real you're right let's just say for example at Maxi average he was out before the all-star break, you know, when he was starting to find his rhythm for like 10 or so games, he was averaging, well, like 20 and 20 and six, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Average that for the whole season up to the all-star break. Would he have been an all-star? Uh, Probably not. I think they would have made him pay his dues a little, maybe one more but, season. But like that's an all-star level. Am I wrong? Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. all-star. Yeah. L- players have made it on less. Yeah. So my, Al, my Al Horford, twenty fifteen. <laughs> yeah. Well, Example. Not, yeah. You know, poor Al Horford. His team's yeah. probably lose. He said, anyway, he set great picks in Atlanta. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that that fifteen yeah. Atlanta team was really different. Anyway. Yeah. So what what do you think about? I'm gonna play. I, I listen. You can go that route with playmaking. I I don't think that he's needed as much to do that with oh yeah Arden. not anymore no no but i'm talking about prior to that trade yeah i think the box that he's in that i would put him in is hear me out with my my analogies here okay um we know how fast he can be one of the fastest players in the entire league he reminds me of sonic the hedgehog right once sonic got going it was like couldn't slow him down he would be doing loops right collecting all those rings mm-hmm. he needs to be more like mario where Mario can get a little speed, but then boom, he can stop and jump and, and hit that little block and, and get the little mushroom. Right? So, are you so saying that Tyrese needs to, he's in the box of less, he plays chaotically. 
Yeah, I think he needs to learn how to put the brakes on a little bit more and and, and control his movement so that maybe see, I don't maybe I don't agree with that one. I think he plays in control pretty well. Well, I but I think yeah, but he could be better. I mean, he I could, be, he better. could I be better. Think, I mean, I, I just don't. There's think not many flaws in his game as a young player, but I would like to see him less Sonic and and maybe a little more Mario. How about James Harden? What box is he in? I'm really interested to hear what you have to say about this. Right player. now? Yes. That's you can't don't one. don't put his injury in there though. You got to look at like maybe his maybe demeanor or his He's like, not a closer. Okay. All right. I was going to say the same thing, but yeah. You want to keep going on that or? No, I mean like I think it's pretty self-explanatory. He's never like he's he's it looks like especially I mean you could look at this past like game six it, it looked like he gave up against the Heat mm-hmm. and I mean th- that's not the first time it's happened either it's happened against I think the San Antonio Spurs um, that game seven against the the Golden State Warriors a while back like he he's not been a closer mm. what do you think yeah so that's that's and you said you agreed on that I agree one. with that hundred yeah. percent. How about okay. how about Joel Embiid? What box is he in? Even though he's runner up for MVP, I mean, I think the easy one here is not healthy. That I don't think easy. it's accurate, but yeah. I think it's yeah. The other one is that you could say besides that one, maybe not as like not the. I don't know. There's, I don't know. I mean, obviously, it's the play. Like, he's a better defender, but like, Jokic has the playmaking on him. But for some reason, like, he's always second to Jokic, and I don't get it. That's the national narrative. I don't believe it, but that's what the national narrative is. Mm-hmm. Because Jokic makes his teammates a lot better in the regular season. I'm going to go with a box, and I don't really know how to phrase this. Maybe you can help me out. Okay. But. For all the skill that he has and for the tremendous amount of growth that he's shown since he became came into this league, there is an is a, a a false sense of guard skill. I don't know how to label that box. He thinks he's more of a guard than he truly is. What what is that identity? A false identity box? Yeah, does that sound right to you? Um yeah, sure. That yeah. that that works. Yeah, that's just that's just how I feel. I think in the regular season, he he experiments. He's trying to figure out. Oh, I can do this move. I can do. I can do Kobe. I can do Durant. But come playoff time, dude, give the ball up in transition. It's, it's like a turnover waiting to happen. We've seen it many times, and I just would love to see him be in certain situations. Just realize that he's seven feet tall. And he's two hundred and whatever eighty pounds, and just give the ball up. But that's just me. All right. So our next section is we're going to talk about regrettable trades that the Sixers made and did not make. So I'm going to start with the ones that they never did make. Let's talk about this one, and you're going to remember most of these. This mm-hmm. one for sure, because I don't think I was alive at this point. Or maybe I was like just a thought. Um, Barkley to the Lakers for James Worthy. Let me start off by saying that in 1992, we didn't have breaking news on Twitter and social media from Woj and Shams. It was it was like a glacial crawl. Like once it hit the papers, that's that's when you got it right. Or if it went mm-hmm. on ESPN, maybe they leaked it through there. But I don't even remember that trade option uh it that, and i read an article recently that's why i put it in here that james bark james barkley oh my god <laughs> it's late charles barkley was interviewed and he was telling the story about how he got so excited that he got news from his agent that he was being traded to the lakers for james worthy that he went out and started partying and got pretty much wasted and only for a few hours later to get the message that hey the deal fell through so I think Barkley to the Lakers would have been his dream come true for him to play alongside Magic Johnson. That would have been an amazing tandem because they still had Byron Scott at that time. Kareem was still playing, but yeah, was I really playing in 92. Was he not? I, I, think I thought he, he re- retired. Oh, you know what? Up. You know what? You're right. 
you're yeah. absolutely right. I'm completely wrong. I should know better. Yeah, because Sam Perkins was playing in the finals in Jordan's first finals. But but yeah, but Barkley with Perkins and uh, obviously Magic Johnson, that would have been a great, great team. And but was for Michael the Sixers, Cooper though, on there? I was, think Cooper uh, was – I think they were gone by then, those players. Okay. But I do know that um, James Worthy was <laughs> – I, I was never a big worthy fan. He was a really great player in like the 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 80s with the Showtime Lakers, mm-hmm. but yeah. for him to come to the Sixers for Barkley, I would have been really disappointed. Well, thank God that didn't happen. Yeah. Next one, Allen Iverson and Mac uh, Greiger for to Detroit for Eddie Jones, Glenn Rice, Jerome Williams and Dale Ellis. Wow. Well, as we know, if you were a Sixers fan at that time, it was a rocky road for Iverson. He was having all types of issues within the organization, with the coaches, even outside of basketball with like family issues and things like that. And if it wasn't for Matt Geiger and this trade kicker, they they would have been a, both Pistons. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm glad it didn't happen because as a result, Iverson came back that season more serious they had a finals run and the rest is history but just thinking about eddie jones and glenn rice on the sixers at that time would not have been that bad of a deal because eddie jones played for temple was a really solid nba player two guard glenn rice small forward lethal shooter jerome williams nice young banger down low dale ellis was past his prime at that point but yeah, I'm glad it didn't happen. I'm at the end of the day, I'm glad. Yeah, I, I think so too. Um, now this next one, I think you you'll be kind of sad that it didn't happen. Um, James Harden to Houston for Ben Simmons, and I believe Matisse Thibel was also a key piece in there as well. Yeah, yeah, I think a, a was it a day late, a dollar short? <laughs> because yeah, if the Sixers had James Harden that year against Atlanta and not Ben Simmons, we could have won the championship. Uh, well, I don't know about all that hard to get injured prior to the playoffs, but I will say this. Um, I don't, we didn't have to give up as much now that we waited an extra year. Yeah. Depending on who you're talking to. There's a lot of, Oh, we gave up Drummond and Curry. I mean, don't get me wrong. Two quality role players De- definitely would have helped in this series against the Heat. Maybe, maybe right. Curry could have been a game changer or Drummond. Who knows? Maybe. Yeah. Drummond could have definitely made life more difficult for Bam because you know Bam couldn't do anything against you know Joel. Mm-hmm. So then, okay, so yeah, I, I think that one was a, a missed opportunity. So now we're going to go to some of the regrettable trades that did happen. You ready for this? Let's go. 86, number one over pick, uh, number one overall pick for Roy Heinsohn. Believe the Cavaliers got it for, and I believe it was, uh, remind me how Brad Doherty. Brad Doherty, yep. Yeah. That trade set the franchise back so much. It's, it's almost inexplicable what Harold Katz was thinking at the time. Listen, Roy Henson could jump out the gym. He was a solid player for Cleveland, but I think. He either had a, a really bad knee injury prior to that or the first season with the Sixers. But the bottom line is Charles Barkley is a Southern guy. He's from Alabama. Uh, Brad Doherty is also from the South. I think North Carolina played at North Carolina. So these those guys at the time, they were probably friendly with each other, and they probably would have contacted each other and maybe even discussed the likelihood of, of teaming up. But that that would have that pissed off Charles Barkley. He's been on ninety seven five a lot, mentioning that that was probably the worst trade he's ever ever experienced. That could have really helped the franchise for years to come. And and even when Doherty went to Cleveland, he made a difference. I think they made the playoffs every year that he was there before he started breaking down with his knees. Um, yeah, of course you know, he had those teams, Larry Nance Senior. Yeah, Larry Nance, Mark Price, Craig Elo, and he was the, he was the center, back to the basket type guy, and and unfortunately that is a regrettable trade. Yeah, I think so too, especially um, when it coincided with the move soon after to get rid of uh, Moses Malone to the Detroit, uh, not Detroit, sorry, Washington Bullets. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. That 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 those and I remember reading about it that that really you know pissed off Barkley. Like that was not something he was thrilled about. Having a three man, you know, mo- three headed monster at the big men position with those three would have definitely made oh, a yeah. difference. Um, next one. Charles Barkley for Jeff Hornacek, Tim Perry, and Andrew Lang. I saved the section of the newspaper that had that trade on the cover. Barkley was traded. I remember very vividly I was in high school. I couldn't believe it. My favorite player was traded for Jeff Hornacek, who was a nice guard. He averaged 20 points per game the prior season. He He was a good shooter, a solid player. But Tim Perry and Andrew Lang? Oh, my God. It, Remind it, me who the GM was at that point. What was his name? For the Sixers? Uh, yes. Oh, man. Uh, Pat, was it Pat Williams? Yeah, it was Pat Williams. It was Pat Williams. I remember reading an article uh, like 10, years, 10 or so years after that trade. Pat Williams said that trade was the biggest regret of his career because he felt like he was rushed into it and didn't just made a trade to make a yeah. trade and not the best trade. Yeah. That's like that's like saying, like, yeah, yeah, I'm a car dealer. I'm like, you know what? I'll give you my Mercedes Benz, and in return, you give me a Toyota Tercel, a Honda Civic, and a Ford Taurus. That that's what it was essentially. We got back that that's mm-hmm. what was in our parking lot as fans when we when we went to the the Spectrum. Meanwhile, Charles Barkley's out in Phoenix going to the finals. But yeah, that was a boneheaded trade. They could have gotten some something else better than that. All right, next one, Allen Iverson for Andre Miller plus extra pieces that don't really matter in the end. Yeah. Oh, it, quiet is kept. I liked Andre Miller. I thought he was. A oh really yeah, no, good I think he's a really good general. general. Yeah, I think he's like top ten in assists, right? All oh, time? absolutely. Yeah. Didn't but, they call him the professor? I don't. No, I don't think they could. Maybe they did. I, I, don't I thought remember. of. I remember, I remember he, he had the he had the weirdest jump shot. It was very flat. He had no arc and never shot three pointers, mm-hmm. which was not helpful. Uh, but I mean, how do you how do you put anyone in the category that's on the same level as Iris? Nobody. I mean, he's, well, of course, somebody. But Miller, he was a nice player for us. But I think we could have gotten someone better. Look, I'm pretty sure it was Billy King in charge at the time, right? Yeah, yeah. That that I don't need to say anything else. <laughs> Billy King, you could argue, is the worst executive in basketball history. Ooh, careful, man! Yes. We, might, we might win him on the podcast, man. I like, I like, on I, like I like him, man. Yeah, Billy King's all right. Uh, I mean, look, I like him as a person and as an analyst, but let's let's look at some of his moves. His big splash for the Sixers was getting McKembe Mutombo. He drafted, let's see, Speedy Claxton. I mean, like the only, like the only good picks that I can think you made for the Sixers were three: Andre Iguodala, Kyle Korver. Oh yeah, Kyle Korver. That was that was a good pick. Okay, okay, that's the second round pick. You got lucky there. Yeah, Thad Young. Okay, Mm -hmm. Drew Holiday, very good. Mm. But here's the thing: it may be like, but like he squandered Iverson's prime. Like he, I think I, you're, I agree. I agree with that. But but you know he was put in a rough situation where he had a six foot shooting guard that was a volume scorer, and the re- the the formula for the finals was surround him with defensive role players, and he he I guess he tried to replicate that, and it just would never work. Look, never the worked. thing is, is that you need you need even in that NBA you needed a second scoring car like scoring option and like if Aaron McKee's your best option or Andre mm-hmm. Iguodala like we know Andre now looking back at his career he's never wanted to be a scorer he yeah. was that out of necessity he did try to bring he brought in Tony Kukoc who was not in his prime he had Matt Harpring brought in here he brought in uh who's the other guy Keith Van Horn so he tried he just nobody meshed with AI mm-hmm. he's a hard player to build around yeah, well, and then uh, let's not even talk about what he did to the Nets. No, we're not. <laughs> yeah, we're not. I'll give you credit. I, that was bad. They gave up so many picks for KG. That's that 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 trade is the reason why the Celtics are in the NBA Finals. That's now. true. 
That is so true. Look, they got, let's see here. Out of that trade, they they received Jason Tatum. Um, Jalen Brown? Jalen Brown, yep. Marcus Walker. Smart, too. Uh, well, no, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. He was drafted in the draft where they did have a pick swap with yeah. the Nets, but it was actually James Young, and I don't think you – do you remember no. him? I yeah, do he was not. A, he was a Kentucky – Okay. He, he flamed out. He, yeah. He's had the league for a while. Um. And I guess Romeo Langford too. No, it's no, that was part of the Markel trade. Never mind. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, he's he's definitely not been one of the best GMs in Sixers history. And I mean, I just the thing is like you need to get an all star back for mm-hmm. Allen Iverson. You didn't. Yeah. Right. You didn't. And that yeah. So anyway, that there's that one. And then the last but not least. The infamous Andrew Bynum trade. We traded Andre Iguodala, uh, Nick Vucevic, uh, Parkless as well, and Andrew Nicholson. I believe those were the guys. Didn't didn't Dwight Howard go to L.A. because of that trade? Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. we yeah. That was a really interesting trade. All the different moving parts. Mm-hmm. It was that was a big big. Trade. I think it was a team seven player trade. Yeah. Like yeah, that. Iguodala went to Denver. I remember he he spent one oh, year four there. Oh, yeah, four team, yeah. Yeah, he went Denver. to Denver for Aaron Aflalo. Yeah, Aaron, Vucevic. I, Listen, I remember vividly, man. Vucevic played that season, and Doug Collins was the coach. And Vucevic would go in the game, and he would show some type of flash of of skill, and and I was like, man, this kid needs more time. And dang it, he traded him away, and Bynum went bowling, and. The rest is history. That that Bynum deal really stung. I know a lot of people to this day, e- even more than Ben Simmons, some people are still ticked off at Bynum is is the worst trade. See, I I I I think at this point, I think a lot of fans have just moved on from the Bynum. I, I have anyway. Like yeah. it's done, it's over, and like the process. You know what, Andrew Bynum got us Joel Embiid. Okay, so the last topic for tonight has to do with not the Sixers but the Golden State Warriors but hear me out Lucas if you've been paying attention online you've seen that there's fake Clay Thompson looks exactly like him even I think by height they're similar but the facial structure the goatee the nose the hair the everything light skin whatever this guy got past Golden State whatever their arena's name is I forget Mm -hmm. but got past security whatever three four layers went onto the court and was shooting around until someone approached him and and like hey how'd you get in here and then they escorted him (laughs) out and and then and then they sent him a letter and definitely banning him from home games and he's just like hey this is good pr for me this is good publicity and he's just rolling with it so to have a little fun uh everybody looks like somebody else right not necessarily doppelgangers, but if let's think about players that we could impersonate to get into an NBA stadium and just do a shoot around. So okay. let, let, let's go with you first, Lucas. If you could pull a fake Clay Thompson and get into an arena, pass security, who who would that player be? Look, I had to go through a couple different players with my, my parents are in town. So I was like, guys, who do you think I look the most like? Because my initial thought was for Cork Corkmoss. <laughs> they were like, no, not really. I'm like, okay, well, then who out of these guys? And my final two were were um, Obi Toppin and Fukondo. Uh, what's his name? Fuk- Fukondo. You got me. Cam- Say Wakanda? Cam- no, no, no. Hang on. <laughs> Definitely not Wakanda, though. Wakanda forever. <laughs> Fukondo Campazo. 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 There we go. Fukondo Campazo. Mm. He's a 6'10 point guard, so he's about my height for the Denver Nuggets. Mm-hmm. And he's 31 years old, so we're pretty close in age, too. So I, I think, I mean, he has a beard. I don't, but like, I, you know, outside of that, it's pretty similar. What so about you? you? Would, you no, you would hold on. So you would be on the court with Jokic shooting around. 
and Chris would be completely jealous because he'd be like, that's not Kaponza Wakanda. That's Lucas from the Sixers. No, 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 no. It's Wakanda Campazo. Camp, whatever. Pazzo, yeah. Whatever. Uh, yeah. Listen, for me, you guys. I, it is really difficult for me. Um, you know I, what former player I think you look the most like? He's not playing anymore. Go ahead. You know who? Who, do you, who? Matt Barnes. Okay, I can see that with the hair. I can yeah, see that, Matt Barnes. Like that, you guys have the same skin tone too. So, like, I was thinking that. I was thinking maybe. I don't think he's in the league anymore. Calderon, maybe. Jose Condor. You're a little yeah. bit. I think he's a little bit lighter, but like, I yeah. it's a facial structure in the hair. I can see it. If I didn't have, uh, if I didn't have, well, I don't have facial hair now, but maybe Zach Levine. I, I can't. Nah. I can't think of anybody that I I could sneak in and be like, hey, I'm so and so. You know. I, I I would have said Ennis Cantor. I thought that was a pretty close comparison for you. For yeah, you. for me. Yeah, for you. I could see uh, that because if you if you grow like a little patchy beard, you'd, yeah, you'd be right there. Well, what are you? Any players that come to mind for me that you can think of? I was when you said Cantor, it's stuck in my head. It, it really okay. is. I mean, you look like you could be Turkish. He's Turkish, right? Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. Turkish. I'm, well, I'm Mediterranean Italian. There you so go. Not, not, not so too far same off. vicinity. Same vicinity. Uh, I was thinking maybe Jose Calderon a little bit. Um, I'm trying to think. When I play basketball, uh, you know what the guys call me? The guys that don't know me that just see me come on the court, they're like, <laughs> "Look, it's Paige Stoyakovich." Paige Stoyakovich. I could see that. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, or uh, what's another one they say? I don't think I look like Irsan Ilyasova, but he is Turkish, so I guess so. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he has a weird nose, though. I don't think. Yeah, I don't. I don't yeah. have that type. Of you nose don't have now. that nose. Yeah. It's funny when I used to play uh, pickup at LA Fitness. Uh-huh. I had really long hair, man. I used to get Did like the, I, well. I used to get the cornrow braids. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I, I, so. So imagine I need to ask your wife for those pictures. We need to post it on the website. You know, I don't have any pictures with braids, man. But I do uh, have a picture have with been, long oh, hair. Okay. I have a picture with long hair. So I used to play and I would put like a hat on, but my hair was uh-huh. so long it would pop poof out from under my hat. And the guys okay. playing with me, they didn't know my name. They would call me Palomalu. They'd be <laughs> shouting my name. They're like, Palomalu, I'm open. Palomalu. Like, okay. Learn okay. my damn name. <laughs> But anyway, uh, but yeah, that was, yeah. That was oh, fun. Guido Turkaloo is another one that I got occasionally. That's it's a just, fun one, Turkaloo. Turkaloo. I always, I always got him mixed up with um, Stagakovich. Similar I mean, games, both, yeah. similar games, right? Uh, they're both kind of shooters, but uh, Turkaloo could do more. Yeah, he could do That's more. He's more of a yeah, yeah. He's always he's he was a he was a point forward. He was like. Up there, like him and Lamar Odom were like the six ten point fours yeah. in the NBA. Real quick, while he's not here, who 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 could Chris pass for? Oh gosh, okay. Um, <laughs> I have to remember what Chris looks like because we don't really get to see his beard that often. Yeah. Does he have a beard right now? As far as I've seen him, he's had a beard. Aaron Gray. Aaron Gray. Who is that? He played for. Pittsburgh in the early like mid two thousands, he played against. You remember Kevin about college? I'm not yeah, yeah. So no, 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 no. He made it to the NBA. I'm just giving you backstory. No, so, I, don't, I don't. I don't remember. Okay, you remember Kevin Pisnagel from West Virginia? No, I don't. Man, that's your neck of the woods. I don't remember. Okay. Him. Okay. Anyway, Aaron Pl- Gray played seven years in the NBA. Um, seven foot center, really burly, like. He was one of those guys that were drafted just because he could probably slow down Shaq just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, another guy, maybe if Chris doesn't have the beard, maybe Kyle Korver. Um, I was thinking that. Maybe. Um, in the NBA right now? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a tough one. Wasn't there um, someone from, from Milwaukee? Not Grayson Allen. Pat Connick? Uh, he, no. Nah, someone else that have floppy hair like Chris has floppy hair. I don't know. Oh, who's the kid from Gonzaga that was a bust? He got a championship with the the Lakers. Adam uh, Morrison. Adam Morrison. No, nah, no right, that's bad. No, he has a bad mustache. 
<laughs> yeah, Chris doesn't. Yeah, Chris can actually grow full beard. Chris oh. might be mad at me for that comparison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he said it, not me, Chris. Um, <laughs> no, I'm trying to think of who else. Because I'm trying to think of like blonde dudes with floppy hair. There's not many of them out there. Aaron Banks no. without the bun. Aaron Banks without the bun. Maybe a little bit. He's got the beard. Oh, oh, I got a good one. I got a good one. Lewis Amundsen. Uh, I'm trying to. Yeah. He's the guy that uh, used to I remember back on the on the Suns. He also made a brief stint on the Sixers. I think. Wasn't he on Cleveland too? I don't know. About Maybe that. definitely uh, the Suns. I remember. Yeah, yeah you know, because ja- Shaq put his um his mouthpiece into his tights one game. Yeah. Shaq, Shaq was nasty. <laughs> he was, was nasty. Okay, uh, let's see. I think Lewis Amundsen. That was a good one. Yeah. Uh, I think that's about it. Like Chris is. It's so hard to figure out, like with his profile, because like. He has like floppy hair, but he also has like the mound man beard, and I'm just like, we need to stalk him on social media, find a a, a current picture, and then juxtapose it to all these NBA guys. You know and what we'll, we we'll can bring it up next. You time. know what? How about how about this? How about this? I'm gonna fu- send me a picture of you right now. I'll take a picture of me, and then we'll get a picture of Chris, and we'll just both go on look Twitter, up. Man, just go no, on no, no, yeah, yeah, no, no. Listen, and then what we're gonna do is I'm gonna use um. There's an app from. Uh, Instagram where you can like put pictures of people together and we'll post all three of them on, on the site website. All response. right. You, you handle that. I'm not on. Yeah. On Instagram. Well, yeah. Instagram. I'm going to need a recent yeah. picture of you. All right. But um, yeah, I think that's, that's good. Yeah. I think we can, we can wrap up there, but that was fun. That was a fun. Yeah. Let's do it. All right. I'm going to take us out. Lucas, this has been the six or sense doppelganger podcast. <laughs> we, uh, we, Thank you for tuning in. We appreciate you spending time with us. Talking Sixers. The draft is coming up soon. Free agency is right around the corner. So you don't want to miss any future episodes with Lucas and I. That being said, if you haven't subscribed, check us out on all the platforms, Spotify, iTunes, all the good stuff. And leave us a comment. Let us know what you think about the conversations we've been having. Until next time, you guys take care out there. (laughs) 